Welcome back to the B2B Revenue Vitals podcast. This is your host, Chris Walker, where we deliver key information for revenue leaders to build a net new demand engine or transform their existing engine. For those of you in the US, I hope you had a great 4th of July break. And for those of you in EMEA, maybe you're enjoying an extended holiday for the summer, which is amazing as well. What we're sharing today is a Vault private event. For those of you that don't know what the Vault is, feel free to to go to refinelabs.com slash vault to check it out. This was a private event that we did for our members. There's about maybe five or 600 total members now where I shared some of the key insights that I'm seeing in the market right now and some of the key places where I see companies struggling. And so there's a, some details on market insights. There's some details on some of the things that I'm seeing. Hope it provides value. These events go for somewhere between 60 and 75 minutes. We're going to show you about the first 10. I hope you enjoy it. And now to this episode. All right, everyone, welcome back. We were off last week. Last week was July 4th for those in the in the US. So it was a holiday. It was nice. Let's take a little break. Hope you all are feeling recharged, ready to go. I spent, I got take a couple days off, which was nice. I saw some fireworks. I went paddle boarding. I got some sun, as you can tell. <laughs> and so uh, as promised, we talked through last week how we're going to continue to sort of like optimize and, and architect this event. One thing that I'd like to do at the beginning is spend some time talking through some of the things that I'm seeing, right? I actively work, consult with three of our largest customers. I can see what's going on and how they're planning. I'm talking to a bunch of companies that might want to work with us. And so I'm just getting a lot of real relevant insights. And so I'm going to take some of those things and try and share what I'm seeing as patterns and how we, how what's happening. So you'll get some insights here at the beginning, and then we'll go through and do the, the we got questions submitted in advance, which is awesome. Keep doing that if you want. And then we'll go right into sort of like the open format of just talking Q&A, sharing, stuff like that. So there's, there's two topics that I want to talk about. One has shown up. There's been quite a few people talking about it, which was the metadata paid social report. So metadata is a software, MarTech, ad tech company. They publish a paid social benchmarks report using all of the data that runs through their platform, which is a ton. And it's great for them to share it. They had a lot of great insights in the blog. But there's some overarching topics that we see and some other smart people have commented on that I want to share. So first off, like if you, you can go and look at the report, you search metadata paid social report, you can go and pull it up at the, be at the beginning top area. They have like the overall data and metrics, which is like total number of leads collected, total influence pipeline, total trigger pipeline, total close one revenue. And then through that data, you can start to calculate and extrapolate what was the ACV, what was the win rate. What was the percentage of lead to win? What was the estimated cost of acquisition? Things like that. And what, what this study does is validate in a massive sample, $42 million of spend, 236,000 leads collected, a massive sample validates all the things that I've been talking about on this podcast for the last four years in a massive sample size. It's actually like, if you think about it, it's a ground, it's a groundbreaking data set. And what it shows is that when you use paid social, that mainly is Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, but could also include places like YouTube or Reddit or places like that. When you use paid social for lead gen, the outcomes are super high cost of acquisition, super high CAC payback period, 
very low lead to win rate, low lead to win rate, overall low sales productivity. So let's talk through it. First off, there was $42 million in spend and about 38 million of the, of the 42 was spent on lead gen campaigns, which means that 91% of the entire spend running through the metadata platform is on lead gen campaigns. And if you go and look at the average SaaS company that's spending a significant amount on advertising, it's exactly the same. And that was started because companies need attribution and metadata needs attribution to show the ROI of their products. So it's a lot of lead gen, but every, like most every company that's running LinkedIn ads, a majority of the spend is going to lead gen that we analyze too. So it's similar to what we see when you actually calculate, there was 236,000 leads collected. We estimate that the win rate of those leads would be 0.3%, which means that your sales team gets 333 leads and wins one of them which is terribly inefficient. And that's similar to what we see when you run gated content syndication or paid social lead gen, typically the win rate that we see on those leads is somewhere between 0.1 and 0.2%. So about one in 500, one in a thousand, their data is one in every 333. So it's in directly in line showing that paid social is highly inefficient when it comes to sales productivity and conversion rates. We estimate that total customer acquisition costs based on the data would be $60,000 in advertising costs per deal. That does not include marketing headcount expense. That does not include tools and software. It does not include SDRs. It does not include sales reps. It does not include any other marketing programs that aren't digital advertising. So if you're at 60 K with just the advertising, then you add in all those expenses, the cost of acquisition is egregious. It's very high. And then the last thing is that you're able to, based on the number of deals won and the, and the um, total close one revenue, you're able to extrapolate what would be the estimated CAC payback period on just the advertising. And the estimated CAC payback period on just the advertising that we estimate would be 23 months. And again, that doesn't include SDRs, sales, marketing headcount, other marketing programs like events. And so if you add up all those additional costs, you could theoretically think that the overall CAC payback period of these programs would be somewhere between 48 and 60 months, which is four to five years. And generally what we see when we analyze these programs, uh, companies one by one now shown in a very large sample size. So a couple of key takeaways, like the, the major key takeaway is running lead gen on paid social is terribly inefficient and provides low ROI in a massive sample size. Another thing that we need to look at and consider is how people are actually using the metadata platform could be suboptimal when it comes to actually driving results. So that's something else to consider. We've used the metadata platform before. There are, we've, we use it differently than how they prescribe to their customers. And perhaps the way that we use it drives better ROI than the way that they prescribe to customers, but that requires further study. So great study overall, I'd encourage people to go and check that out and come up with their own conclusions. The data isn't exactly perfect. That's why I use the word estimated. So we had to triangulate some things to actually get the data, but that was our overall analysis of the study and what it, what it means to marketers. Key, key takeaway, look at your own paid social lead gen. You're probably going to get the, around the same metrics, which would show you that you should turn it off or, or scale it down and work on other tactics and strategies inside of your paid social advertising. The second one I want to talk about completely shifting gears here. The second one I want to talk about as I've been working with some, some large organizations is watching B2B companies ab totally abandon this idea of a sourced model and move purely to an influenced model for their marketing. 
And I'm going to talk through why this is a really, really, I'm going to first talk through why I assume companies have done this and then talk through why I think it's a really bad idea and present a, an alternative solution. So I think why companies have done this is because when you, the way that companies used sourced back in the day was did marketing source it, did sales source it, did SDR source it, and then assign a hundred percent credit to whatever department sourced the deal, which caused a lot of internal fighting because it then drove budgets and quotas and performance plans and all these other things. And so by using sourced as a way to deem credit, it, cre it created the stigma that sourced revenue is a bad thing to look at, which I don't think is 100% true. I think that the way that they were using sourced was a bad way to use it. So with that, companies have now transitioned with the help of ABM vendors and other attribution vendors have worked to move to a purely influenced model. Why? Because by adding a new piece of technology, you can demonstrate, quote unquote, demonstrate that what you're already doing works better than probably what it actually does by using touch point reports and things like that. And what happens when you use the influence model, there's a couple things that happen, but I think the main one that I'm seeing right now is that it gives you absolutely no uh, picture of what the overall ROI is. And so, cause let's just say you're running LinkedIn ads or display ads. And let's say, actually, let's say you run display ads that are triggered off of intent data. So anyone that come, basically anyone that comes to your website is going to then the account's going to get display ads. And therefore when that account converts, cause they've already been to your website and then they get shown an ad, it will be shown as a view through conversion. And so that display ads influenced 100% of revenue, which is exactly what a six sensor or a demand base wants you to see so that you keep spending money inside of their platform on ABM display ads. And so you say, okay, we spent $100,000 in the year on display ads and we influenced $12 million in revenue, then display ads is a great thing to continue to spend on. The problem is that then you have the spend on Google ads and the spend on LinkedIn ads and the spend on SDRs and the spend on events, all taking credit for the same amount of revenue. So then basically every program is trying to get a touch point to say that they influenced each deal. So then what happens is potentially you spent $5 million on marketing total, the marketing influence, some big level of pipeline, but you only generated $1.2 million in revenue. And then when you look at that at a touch point report, and then you say, okay, so what are we going to do now? You're left and you're kind of holding your hands up wondering, hey, what are we going to do? It says that all the programs are working, but the top level business metrics say that it's definitely not. And we don't have any insight to say, we're going to turn these off. We're going to change this. We're going to increase spend here. You just don't have the insights in an influence model. And so here's the, here's the alternative solution. It's that we don't need to abandon the sourced metric. We need to change how we look at it, why we look at it and what it means. And so when you look at sourced, we should be looking at it. Basically the equivalent would be how is the demand being captured? which we need to know. We need to know whether we had this opportunity and we got the initial opportunity. We got our salesperson in front of a decision maker through a cold call. They came to our website and filled out a form. They, we saw them at an event and that's what triggered the meeting. We have to know that data so that we can do more of the things that are capturing demand that convert to revenue. When we abandon looking at sourced, we don't have that insight. So it makes it very hard to understand what are the optimal ways to capture demand. 
So then we have that. We're not saying that because the cold call got it that 100% of the credit should go to the SDR team and that we should use that to determine how many SDRs we hire. We're not saying that exactly, but it gives you a view. And then by whether you use influence, whether you use self-reported attribution, or whether you use other types of mediums to understand what is creating the demand and then what's accelerating active deals, it just gives you a, a very different uh, view and perspective on how to look at it. So uh, I'm like, I'm not saying that companies should not use influence revenue, although I think the, the overall quality of the data is pretty low quality. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use it if you already are. I'm saying that it can't be the only way you're looking and scrutinizing against your marketing spend because it gets very difficult to understand what the ROI is of individual programs.